welcome to the Christchurch Winston-Salem podcast. To learn more about Christchurch, visit us at ChristchurchWS.org. Subscribe to our podcast at our website, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Almighty God, with whom the souls of the faithful who have departed this life are in joy and felicity. I'm going to make it through this, folks. We praise and magnify your holy name for all your servants who have finished their course in your faith and fear. And we most humbly pray that at the day of resurrection, we and all who are members of the mystical body of your Son may be set on his right hand and hear his most joyful voice. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Grant this, O merciful Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The Lord is glorious in all his saints. Today we are celebrating All Saints Day. There are countless departed souls who have been faithful to Christ, but who may not be regarded as exemplary saints like St. Paul and St. Peter, Mother Teresa, and others of great renown. In fact, we may even have trouble thinking that Aunt Polly and Uncle John are really saints. But this is the day in the church year which is an appropriate time to formally remember Aunt Polly and Uncle John and all others who have gone before us. Today is a day to remember all those who have been made clean by the blood of Christ and are now resting in perfect peace in His presence while awaiting the resurrection. That thought gives us comfort. It's hard to be sad for them when they're in a place where there is no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more pain. The only sadness is for those of us who aren't there yet. Not tonight, though. But at the same time, we have firmly fixed hope that when we die, we will join them in front of that great white throne. This gives us something to look forward to. On that day, we will get a complete picture of life in the new creation. However, we don't have to wait until then to benefit from their impact on our lives. Thanks be to God that we are able to have communion with those many who lived the Christian life, loving God and loving neighbor. We have the privilege of sharing in their fellowship and partaking in their joys, not only in our memories, but each time we come before the throne of God in prayer, praise, and holy communion. Father Ben Sharp in his instruction given in the Christ Church Foundations course talks about the communion of saints this way. He says, 
Saints in this clause refers to all those who have been born again by water and the Spirit. Every born-again child of God is a saint. The Holy Spirit binds us together in fellowship with all believers, whether living or dead. We are not separated from our brothers and sisters just because they happen to be away from the body, awaiting the resurrection. Being dead doesn't terminate your membership in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. This is why we listen to and learn from brothers and sisters who lived hundreds of years ago. Their wisdom and example still inform us today. The communion of saints means that there is a special bond of love and kinship between Christians of vastly different cultures and races. In Scripture, we are reminded of those who have kept the faith and fought the fight. In Hebrews eleven thirty three through 39, there are many listed. The many who are listed through faith have conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was tuned turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed former enemies and armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. They were all commended for their faith. In the very next chapter, 12th chapter of Hebrews, these faithful are referred to as a cloud of witnesses. We heard in our epistle lesson this past Sunday, the apostle Paul says in his letter to Timothy that he had fought the good fight, finished the race, and kept the faith. What a great race. Sometimes when I read about Paul's race, I think of the great races of our days. Not that I participate, but... <laughs> the Boston Marathon, and the Olympics. I'm sure you've watched the opening and closing ceremonies of the Olympics. How excited the crowds are. The stadium is so wonderfully decorated, and people from the world over are in attendance. There's much joy and cheering for those participating in the festivities and the competition. Then I see in my mind's eye a stadium of Christians of diverse ethnicities, backgrounds, and countries of origin. These are those who have gone before, saints who are gathered in that great stadium. The stadium I see far exceeds the grandeur of the Olympic Stadium. The lights and music are brighter and more joyful. The atmosphere is one of excitement and praise. 
Those gathered there have overcome the many toils, struggles, persecutions, and death. They are basking in the fellowship of one another and praising the Lamb who was slain. They are gathered to enjoy the race of the many Christians who are following them in the greatest race, the race of life. They are observing us. They are calling out encouragement to us. They are urging us to keep the faith as once delivered to all the saints. They are exhorting us to remain true to God's call on our lives. We hear them saying to remain faithful to the truth of God's word. They are loudly proclaiming that we should never stray from that which we have been taught, even though our culture is falling away from the truth. There are some I hear more distinctly than others. I hear Abraham saying, follow God's call even when you don't know where he's leading you. I hear Moses saying, you have been given God's word and that is all you need for your salvation. Be obedient to his instruction. I hear King David proclaiming that we are to acknowledge our sins and repent for God is faithful to forgive us our sins. Stephen, the first martyr, is calling out to us to preach the truth and forgive those who are persecuting us even in the face of death. There are others gathered there as well. Thomas Cranmer martyred for his refusal to recant his faith. He is urging us to not waver even in the face of political turmoil and persecution. I hear the 21 Coptic Christians who were beheaded on a Libyan beach saying to us that we are to never deny the gospel of Jesus Christ. I see in that great crowd of witnesses William Tyndale, who translated most of the Bible into English who because of his opposition to the king had to go into exile. Eventually he was betrayed by one he had befriended, captured, tried for heresy, and put to death. His last words were, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. William Tyndale is cheering us on. I hear Leonard Fox saying, Ben Sharp, there's much to be learned from the Bible. Keep exploring and reading. Maintain the faith. God will guide you and direct you. You will be a great soul winner. I hear Joe Molnix. Judy, I'm so glad you're here. Amen. I hear Joe Molnax calling out in a firm and clear voice. Some of you may never have heard that from Joe. I didn't, but I do now. Love and teach your children and grandchildren about the unfailing of love of God. Never let physical conditions diminish your commitment to love and serve Him. Persevere with patience. I hear Charles Colson, who founded Prison Fellowship Ministries, saying to all prisoners and former prisoners, God loves you 
and Jesus forgives you of all your crimes and sins. Maintain your walk. Don't give in to worldly criticisms. I hear Laura George saying, David, God loves each of his creatures unconditionally. So should you. Don't be selective in extending God's love to others. I am certain that there is a saint gathered with that great of cloud of witnesses at the finish line of that greatest race ever run, who is calling out your name and encouraging you. What is that faithful departed one saying to you? Are you listening? Are you in communion with that one as well as many others? Yes, I hear that great number of saints gathered echoing the writer of Hebrews, what is said in chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And these who are gathered are saying to us, Therefore, we, a great cloud of witnesses, urge you to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run with perseverance the race marked out for you. You fix your eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. How in the world is it possible that we can participate in this greatest race ever? It is Jesus, by his shed blood on the cross, who made the way for us. It is Jesus after whom we are to pattern our lives. It is Jesus who sanctifies us and makes us saints. When you finish this great race of a lifetime, dear Christian, dear saint, you will be found among those gathered in that great stadium. What will those left behind hear from you? I suggest that we must prepare for that day by practicing our encouraging words and deeds of love and faith right now, today. All this talk about saints. If you struggle with the idea of being saintly, and we all do, then maybe we should take guidance from the words of an old hymn, Oh, to be like thee, written by Thomas Chisholm in the late 19th century. Some of those lyrics are, Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer. This is my constant longing and prayer. Gladly I'll forfeit all earth's treasures, Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, Blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art, come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. O oh, to be like thee, full of compassion, loving, forgiving, tender and kind, helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, seeking the wandering sinners to find. O oh, to be like thee, lowly in spirit, holy and harmless, patient and brave, meekly enduring cruel reproaches, willing to suffer others to save. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Christchurch, visit us at ChristchurchWS.org. Subscribe to our podcast at our website, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts.